Leonardo! This, this is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airline Studio. And Brooke Roar, you are. And Brooke, you are. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salk. Well, again, appreciate Jerry DePoto coming on the show as he does every week. Again, not a contractual obligation. And I see your text saying, why didn't you demand that he fired two of the players? I'm not going to do that, guys. I mean, I think I've made that pretty clear. That's not what this interview is about. It's about asking him questions and trying to determine, you know, where they think they're at and learn more and understand so that we can give our own opinions of what they should do. We're not going to influence Jerry into making decisions. But I think I heard some things in there that I, I found disturbing and some that I found, I don't know, maybe interesting or telling about what they're going to do in the future. There was one word that really jumped out to me probably more than any other, and that word was creative. Here's where Jerry said it. It's a very average offensive team, and we have to find a way to become better than average. And uh, it's, gonna, it, it's going to take some – it's going to require some creative moves because we don't have – uh, a next wave of bats at AAA ready to come and, and push us over that edge. And we need our young players to, to step forward, moving forward. And, and we're probably going to need to address something from outside as well. What exactly does that mean? Right? I mean, look, I, I, I'm torn because there's two kind of important parts to this interview, what we hear from Jerry. One is the hand-wringing over how horrible things are. And Jerry kind of says, look, it's not as bad as it, as it seems, but it's bad. And, and I don't know whether, you know, people are going to hear that necess- not necessarily the way they would like to. They don't hear that very well, right? When he says public narrative versus facts. You know, the truth is probably somewhere in between. I agree with him that I think there's a group of people that see what they want to see and are trying to, you know, want the Mariners to, when they look bad, really exaggerate that and say, see, this is what I thought would happen. And I also think that those people are right to some extent, that this team is obviously underperformed. They've underdelivered and they've they're I don't even think they're quite average offensively, but they're also not 30th. They're not bottom five. This is not a bottom five in the league offense, as no, bad as it won may seem. Ninety games last year. I know that. <laughs> I'm just trying to say. Them I think to be far better than that. I do. Yeah. I'm just saying. I think the truth is somewhere in between. I don't know whether I I agree with Jerry when he says they're average, and I think I also know what he what I what he means when he says, "Hey, look, it's not as bad as it always seems from day to day. Offense around the league is down, and we do it in an ugly way, but." You know, they're actually scoring more runs than last year. They're middle of the pack, roughly, in runs scored. Those things are not, you know, those things are still true, whether they are pretty or not. And so, all right, I, I kind of, some of it is the hand-wringing over how kind of dire things feel right now. But the other part of it is what comes next. How do you dig yourself out of it? I, I can handle things going awry as long as you can see where the course correction is moving forward. But when Jerry says we don't have guys at the upper levels of the minors ready to step in and hit, we know that already. But to hear him say it, I think is important. And it's going to take some creative moves in order to fix that. What does that mean? Right. I mean, it may mean some of the sort of buy sell type of stuff that we've seen him do in the past. It hasn't always worked. Right. I mean, I think the Ty France deal was kind of in that mode. 
right when they traded Nola and uh, what was the guy with the big legs who I couldn't stand watching the pitcher. Anyway, him, uh, you know, they, they gave up on a couple of those guys and then a reliever as well. I want to say it was Terry Adams or someone like that. And uh, Dan Altaville is the name I was trying to think of. Oh, yeah. He had gigantic he legs. He could have been big dumper, too. <laughs> gigantic legs. <laughs> couldn't stand watching him pitch but those were guys were all sort of major league players and they got back a bunch of either major leaguers young major leaguers or ready to go guys right ty france andres muñoz and and taylor trammell were sort of the centerpieces of that well those are the types of guys that that you can continue to to look to acquire and maybe that's what you're going to do with a Paul Seawald. Maybe that's what you're going to do with a Tay Oscar Hernandez, where you're not trading for guys that are still two, three years away from the big leagues. You're trading for players that you think have immediate upside to come in and succeed right away, similar to that deal they made with, with uh, San Diego. I don't know if that's the direction they go or not, but when I hear creative, I guess that's where my mind goes. I also think that, you know, you got to have a real conversation about what's going on in the corners of your infield. And Jerry said it doesn't change how he feels about some of his core guys. All right. Well, I don't know whether he considers Ty France or Eugenio those core guys. He's not going to give us that answer. Hey, yeah, no, I'm looking to get rid of Ty France. Obviously, he's not going to say that. But those are the types of names that I think before the year began, we wouldn't have even considered being movable possibilities. But how do you not consider it right now? Could Eugenio Suarez help a team looking to win a championship right now? Yes. His power? I don't mean, I don't know that anybody'd be looking to take on his contract, but for one more year, if the Mariners pay some of the freight, hey, he may get you something of value for a team that needs pop. Ty France? And the way they've improved his defense, too. It's not like he's nothing there. That's right. So I, I, I think that there are there are ways that they can be creative. The question is, how much turnover are you willing to endure? How much are, can you get back for some of the pieces you have? And are you truly willing to not blow it up? Because I don't think they'll blow it up. The real nucleus of this team is it's starting pitching, it's bullpen and, and Julio, etc. They're not going to blow that up. But is it blowing it up to trade Suarez or France? Is it blowing it up to trade Tay Oscar? I don't know. I don't I don't know that any of those things would qualify as blowing it up. Where it gets interesting to me is is someone like Jared Kelnick who could actually bring you back quite a bit still something that you want to, you know, look at? I don't think so. I'm probably not trading Kelnick even still. But I I hear that word creative and it sounds like you can just really open it up to a lot of different possibilities. Here's another one from Jerry just kind of explaining how his team has looked over the last six games. Certainly not what we saw headed in. Oops, sorry. Hold on. My fault. Let me try it again. That's my bad. I take responsibility. Certainly not what we saw headed into the All-Star break. And and, but in different ways, you know, since we came out of break, you know, we've we've had a start and go offense. You know, there there've been beginnings or or nice days, but nothing consistent, which is kind of a repeat of most of our first half. And you know, what's been a little unusual coming out of the break is that our pitching has wobbled, and you know, we, we just haven't really done the things that we do on the mound, and and that's led to uh, you know to a couple of of hard fought series. 
Yeah, and unfortunately a lot harder fought than you would have liked them to be, and they've made some bad plays during those games. You know, it's, it, again, it's just something that when you're pressing, you do things that stand out as odd. Now, I don't know what it is about this season or, or why it has been this way with our team, but, you know, we found a way, you know, in the previous two years, we found a way to do the clutch thing. And, and in these, these, you know, past few months, we just found a way not to do the clutch thing. And I think getting thrown out twice at home plate in a six hit first inning the other night was a, that's a tough one to swallow. You know, last night, you know, just, Whiffing a ball that's right there, just above the strike zone, is probably it's, it's, with the bases loaded. Is it, they're not things we normal normally do. Yikes! Uh, he's right. I mean, and all of it does seem to come from pressing. And you hear Jerry say that the pressing maybe comes from his inability to build a roster that was able to kind of help these guys out. And so there's this trickle down effect or cyclical effect or whatever you want to say. All of that, though, leads to him saying, you know, I said the word creative was one that stands out to me the most. The other one, though, was him saying that he wants to do what's best for the Mariners in general, not just for 2023, but for 24 and beyond. And we always know that's part of what Jerry's philosophy is. He's he's just unlikely to go all in until it's absolutely worth it because he wants to protect the future. And by the way, I agree with that. I think that's the way to handle it. But it also doesn't sound like selling is out of the question for this team right now. And to think that heading into this season, that by July 20th, we were talking about potentially selling at the deadline, obviously depressing, obviously frustrating, obviously whatever word, aggravating, infuriating, depressed. I mean, all of those things are true because that's not the way this thing was supposed to be. And it's not because of the outside pressure. The Mariners said it themselves. They were the ones who said World Series, you know, ty- type of a season. They were the ones who said the next thing to do is to win the whole thing. Well, that came from the inside. That came from them. That came from John. That came from Jerry. That came from the guys inside the Mariner organization. And to go from that to selling in a matter of months, whew, that is not what you were hoping to hear. Certainly on July 20th. We'll be right back with everything you need to know. We've got ranked. Maura contributed to rank today. I just want you to know it's basically her job today. She basically did rank. I mean, Justin put me in this situation. I know. He really put you in a bad spot. Epic scooter trip. (laughs) It's not fair. It's Brock and Zog. We'll be right back on 710. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Zog. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Well, it was obviously not what you were looking for as a Mariner fan yesterday. All kinds of problems for the M's, and it starts with the bats. They didn't do what they're supposed to do, nor have they all season long. And then it got worse when the arms gave up a couple of runs late, and the next thing you know, you lose 6-3. Puts them in a very tough spot, considering how important this homestand was. Instead of going 7-3, and 8-2, the kind of numbers we were throwing around at the beginning you're now two and four and that is not the place you want to be yes the bats have been a problem but they've had issues with some of these guys on the twins trying to get them out you know their left-handed hitters uh in this series have been really good uh you know coming in certainly julian the second baseman uh, is off to a really good start in his career he's a tough out doesn't chase he's got enough power um you know and, and kepler's had a really good series as well and those guys continue to hurt us 
Yeah, that's been certainly an issue for the Mariners this year. Meanwhile, uh, yeah, you had a pass ball. Mistakes beget more mistakes, and that's just sort of been the kind of uh, spiraling issue that they've been able to control in the past, but not at all able to deal with this season. But they're uh, 10 back. 10 back at Texas, who's come out of the break and won six straight. They're five and a half out of the wild card. They've gone two and four, as I said, on the homestand. One more against Minnesota today. Matinee baseball, 1240 with George Kirby against Pablo Lopez. And then Toronto will come in for the weekend. Here's the second thing you need well, to know. roster moves before the game yesterday. Will we see more of them? I don't know. It kind of remains to be seen, but I would say they could use more. I would be at a point where I'd be willing to make some moves just for the sake of making moves. But, hey, that's just me. Uh, the Mariners yesterday bring up uh, Prelander Baroa, and they bring up uh, Devin Sweet. Unfortunately for Devin Sweet, his debut did not go the way he was hoping Hoping it would. That being said, he does have a changeup that's supposed to be a real legitimate outpitch. In fact, Matt Brash said to pitching ninja Rob Friedman that that's actually where he was trying to learn his changeup. For me, I asked so many guys because there's a lot of like, I don't, do you know Devin Sweet in the Mariners org? Yeah, yeah, I know who he is. Yeah. Yep, he throws like the best changeup I've ever seen in my life. Like he's he's like fastball changeup reliever, just gross. Um, so I picking his brain and stuff and he said he kind of throws like the circle at the catcher and that's how he gets on top of and on the side of the ball and he obviously doesn't bear the mean but that's been my biggest cue is try to get that and then you kind of just get on the side and then you get that good like ufo side spin yep um so that's kind of what i think about the change up yeah, that's Matt Brash talking uh, about uh, newcomer Devin Sweet, and uh, hopefully it'll go better for him than it did last night. Here's the third thing you need to know. Kraken, not been overly active this offseason, but they've uh, definitely taken care of the guys they want to moving forward. Yesterday, that included Coach Dave Haxtall, who gets an extension through the 2025-26 season. He joins Ron Francis as getting an extension, and I'm going to guess we'll see one for Vince Dunn before it's all said and done. Uh, meanwhile, Francis said that what he liked about this team this year was their ability to bounce back, and I think that absolutely speaks to the head coach. He just gave an extension to probably just their their resiliency they just uh you know they didn't didn't pay attention to any outside noise they believed uh that they were a good team they believed they could make the playoffs they believed they could win when they got in the playoffs and, and you know they went out there every night and they gave you everything they had which um as a gm you know that's what you that's what you're looking for as a coach that's what you're looking for you know i think as a fan who, who pays uh, money to go to the games you want you want that from your team right you want them to give you what they have every night and play hard they're not going to win every night but at least if you can see that they're trying to do that and then uh, you know I think you're you're satisfied with what they're trying to do yep that's uh that is Ron Francis talking about his team but I think really talking about Dave Hackstall as for their offseason it's kind of interesting they've added some guys with grit Yamamoto's got some Demlin I think will have some of that as well as a good player but I think it feels to me more like they're counting on some of their young guys and some of their growth 
or maybe they just don't feel like they're ready to jump all in to the competing for a Stanley Cup market. We'll wait and see. Been watching the Open all morning long, up and down round for my guy Jordan Spieth, but he finishes two under, which puts him three back and right there in the top ten. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood got to five under this morning. Stuart Sink got to three under. Brian Harmon is three under right now. Alex Noren is in the mix. Uh, some other names you may recognize. Max Homa is two under after only seven holes. Patrick Reed was one under today. So just some of the names that are in contention. Rory McIlroy seems to be just kind of cruising around right around even. I think right now he's one over as he uh, is the favorite at the Open Championship today. All right, that's everything you need to know. Quarter past every hour. Sorry, I was dealing with some uh, headphone issues, but I think we've got all of that solved. Mora came in and fixed everything for me. You so, know. yeah, we're just you know me in engineering. That's me. You know, you are. Uh, I always think of you as a bit of an engineer uh, <laughs> in, in various ways. Now, it's one of those things where, um, you know, you're trying to trying to focus and it's a little bit challenging. So I didn't play all the Jerry DePoto sound that I probably could have there and sort of altered a little of what you needed to know. So I apologize for that. That was not my best work. You know, what did you think of Jerry? I mean, you know, you, you uh, I'm actually kind of thinking about opening up the phones for a few minutes before we finish things off with ranked at, at 945. What, what do you hear? I know there's a lot of frustration right now, and it's sort of hard to get over that. Nor should you, by the way. I got no issues if anybody's frustrate, uh, frustrated or frustrated, as the case may be. But I, 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 he, I listen to Jerry and I hear a his frustration too, b him trying to kind of mitigate it in order to stay focused on his job, which can't afford to be overly emotional, and then c trying to figure out what he does next. So if you want to react to any of those three things, whether it's the spot that they're in, the emotional reaction, or what you would like to see done next, yeah, give me a call. 866-979-3776. I said today early in the show, and I'll say it a couple times, if it's me, I'm, I'm making some moves just for the sake of making moves. And that doesn't mean trading away good players. I don't mean that the deadline. The first two things I'm doing is I'm cutting AJ Pollock and I'm cutting Colton Wong. I'm going to DFA both. I just I don't see what the purpose is in keeping them around. Neither of them is signed up for next year. Neither of them is is providing any value for this team. And you have guys at AAA, while they may not be better players, at least have specific skills that you could try to utilize. Sam Haggerty is not a great player right now. He did not do a whole lot when he was up, but at least he can hit. At least he can run and he can play defense. Right. I mean, Didi Gregorius is struggling just as badly at AAA as Colton Wong is at the bigs, but at least he's a leader. At least he brings some veteran presence. Cade Marlowe, by all accounts, is not ready to come up to the major leagues and hit major league pitching regularly. But at least if he runs into one, he's got some pop. At least he's got the ability to run and play defense. At least he'd just be somebody else for us to look at rather than the same guy. So those are the couple of the moves I'd make. Then you get to the real challenging part, which is what do you do with the deadline? And when I hear Jerry say that they're going to have to be creative, that they need to do what's best for the organization short and even more long term. You're talking about at the very least selling in addition to buying. You know, earlier this morning, Buster only said Mark Hanna could be a possibility that that would be a fit with the Mariners. That's a, a, a year and a half deal. You get him for next year for a veteran player in the outfield who can still hit. I'm not opposed to a deal like that, but what are you going to do with it to actually truly improve your team? Are you willing to sell a little bit? You willing to sell Paul Seawald? 
Are you? I mean, because to give up to get players that you want, you've got to give up something. You really give up on Eugenio Suarez? He could certainly help a contender. Or do you think that at five and a half back in the wild card, you still have enough talent around here that you can't give up on a guy like that? 866-979-3776. We'll try to take a few of your calls. I'll give you some more thoughts next. Brock and Salk, Sales Sports on 710. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. All right, 866-979-3776, the phone number. We spoke to Jerry DePoto earlier today, and he said it's going to take some creativity, some creative moves for this team to get to where they need to be offensively, that there is no easy solution to where they're at, and some of it involves the guys he's got playing better, and some of it involves some creativity, and he said it involves both internal and external solutions. So what does that mean to you? What's your reaction? What are you seeing? 866-979-3776. Let me jump into this with Robert in Issaquah. Good morning, Robert. Hey, um, thank you for taking my call, um, Salk. And I just wanted to start off like this. In 2015, when we got Jerry DePoto, he said he wanted to rebuild our system, you know, our, our just our whole farming system, and just going to have to grind with it. And we're going to have something that's going to last for more than just one year instead of just spending money and getting these free agents like we were doing in the previous GM. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll wait. Three years goes by you know, and a couple of failures, like the first baseman, I won't mention his name. Then things started to click. And then I think, okay, when are we going to get that power hitter? That one that's going to help these young guys mature during these slow periods. It never happens. We hear more excuses. Like I told your uh, producer or whoever answers calls, I lived down in Anaheim when Jerry DePoto was the GM for the Angels. This guy does not have a track record in winning. He does not. We've had him now for eight years, and all I hear coming out of his mouth is excuse of excuse and excuse. What excuse did you and hear? I, Just I out of curiosity, guys, what, what's the excuse? I I, I, I got to tell you, I, I'm not saying that Jerry has done a perfect job, but I just talked to the man. I didn't hear an excuse. Mm-hmm. What excuse did you hear? The excuse I'm hearing is why he will actually, like, one, he mentioned, and this wasn't in this interview, but in previous interviews that you guys have done, oh, we don't go after these 30-year-old with six-year contract deals. They don't. What did you just do? And what's happening? But that's not an excuse, no Robert. Rob, you know, Robert, I appreciate the call, and I appreciate that you're angry. I'm angry, too. I'm frustrated. But but i, I got to understand what it is you want to say. What are the excuses that are being made? Why aren't we getting power hitters? Why aren't we get a DH? Why didn't what we get is a the ex- You know what, Ryan? Why I, I, can't, we- I can't. Those aren't excuses. Those are legitimate questions. Maybe they do need more pop. They do need more hitters. I mean, that, you know, I would argue they went out and got some of those things. Eugenio Suarez, whether you like him or not, is a power hitter. Led the league in home runs over a four-year stretch. That's That's a power hitter. He's not hit for power this year, but he is a power hitter. They went out and got Teoscar Hernandez, guy who hits the ball as hard as anyone in the league. He's not done it very well this year, but they went out and tried to accomplish those things. I'm not making an excuse. I'm just saying, like, I think that the 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 desire has been there. I, 
I don't know that I hear excuses out of Jerry. I hear him say that he's responsible. I hear him say that he didn't do a good enough job of providing enough uh, pieces for this team. I hear those things from Jerry. I, that's not an excuse. I hear the conversation about the ballpark, and I think that folks think that's an excuse. And I think there is a bit of that that's an excuse. You have to find a way to get over the the ballpark factor, but you also have to be realistic in determining how you're going to use it. The ballpark is different than others in the league. You can't build your team the same way the Red Sox do or the Reds do. You need to go build a team for this ballpark, and they've tried a lot of different strategies to succeed there. None of them have worked as well as you would like. I don't know whether the ballpark is an excuse as much as it is something they've got to figure out. It's an obstacle. And I do think it's an obstacle. But it's their job to figure out their way around the obstacle. Turn it from an obstacle into an advantage. That's the gig. So I don't know if I hear that as an excuse, but it's something that they need to solve for. 866-979-3776. Let me go to uh, Evan, who's in Puyallup. Evan, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for taking the call. You got it. Uh, so I'm thinking uh, Ty France is kind of overrated. I'm fine if he's on the team, but he's kind of boo-boo at first base, hitting with power and everything. Let's go get Paul Goldschmidt. Sounds like the Cardinals are possibly trying to offload him. He would be the best player on our team in every metric for hitting. Um, let's get somebody that can actually hit and see what can happen with this great pitching we got. So you want to go hard after Paul Goldschmidt. Here's the problem. You're talking about acquiring a guy who's 35 years old. Yeah, I mean, uh, Nelson Cruz was 35 years old when he was on the Mariners, and he was raking. So, I mean, I'm not too worried about his age. The guy's a proven asset. Yeah, I mean, he's I, having a good year. I, I would be worried, not not just because of that, but because of what you're trying to accomplish with it. I mean, he he's 35, and you'd only have him for this year and next year. And he's making money. I don't care about the $26 million a year. It's just that, uh, do you see this team right now as being in a position, based on what they've shown you this year, to go out and acquire somebody at that level with the amount you'd have to give up to get him to only have him for a year and two months? I, I don't know that they put themselves... if they they were if they were great right now if they were tied with texas dude i'd be right there with you i would say absolutely paul goldschmidt is a, a good fit but i i don't know that i could i don't know that i could justify what it would cost to get a player of that level and not have him for more than a year and a half in his mid 30s again i like paul goldschmidt if he's available as a free agent he's an interesting signing and if you are better than where you're at right now, I, I could buy it. It'd be hard for me, just kind of given what they've done this year, to justify everything you would need to give up to try to go and get him. You know, I heard, you know, we talked about it earlier, Buster only mentioned Mark Canna's name. Okay, you don't have to give up as much, right, for a can. He's not the same kind of premier player. And, you know, he's only a year and a half with him, and maybe you need some of that veteran presence. Look, I guess Goldschmidt gives that to you also, so maybe that's part of the allure. But I just, I think, unfortunately, that's what you wanted to do based on the team you thought you were going to have as opposed to the team you actually have right now. And I don't think you can be in that business. 866-979-3776. Let me go to uh, Frank, who's in Snohomish. Good morning, Frank. Hey, good morning, Mike. Thanks for taking my call. You got it. 
Hey, just a little bit of input on the uh, Mariners, I guess, from uh, more of an older perspective. You know, the one thing I've learned about pro sports is you got to love them when they're doing well and you can't go too far into the tank when they're not doing well. I mean, I'm super frustrated about this year. I, I think everybody had high expectations. They were on their way up. But when I think you look back over the summer at what they did in terms of, you know, grabbing LaStella, who was totally, look at his statistics, he was going downhill. Mm-hmm. Um, A.J. Pollock really wasn't doing well. No one else was interested in him. I think Wong, um, especially getting rid of Winker, I think Wong was the only reasonable uh, acquisition during that time, and it's just not paying benefits for us. I personally don't want to see them do anything with their pitching. I think it's the one strength that they have. They've done a great job of developing and drafting these pitchers. So for me personally, I'd rather just see them stand pat and finish the year and not real. I guess if they could get rid of somebody um, like, you know, Teoscar and get reasonable players back, I totally agree. I'm not a huge Jerry fan, but I do agree with if we do trade, we need to get somebody that's a little bit younger and that has some upside. I'm not into you know any of these short-term giveaway, great pitching for short-term um, prospects. So my opinion is just stand pat, take mm-hmm. your lumps. You know, maybe something will happen and they'll all of a sudden get better and make a run like they well, did. I think there's val- there's some validity year. to that, honestly, Frank. I mean, uh, it's not something that people want to hear. Right. Nobody wants to hear Stan Pat when you're not succeeding. Everyone wants to hear what your plan is to get better. And waiting for guys to just turn it around is a really unsatisfactory answer. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't make it wrong. And I'm not I I, I don't it doesn't make it right. and It doesn't make it wrong. It's unsatisfactory. It hurts. Nobody wants to do that. But I think there's a compelling case to be made that, you know, this is the same nucleus that won 90 games the previous two years, and they should turn it back around and move in the right direction again. 866-979-3776. Go to Greg in Maple Valley. What's up, Greg? Good morning. Hey, Mike. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, we could go back and forth on this for hours, uh, but one of the things I want to focus on is, you know, we, we've identified that the ballpark is an issue, right? Mm-hmm. It's hard to hit home runs, at least for every other team, or at least for us versus every other team. So we built this team around pitching, right? But we also built a lineup that is completely feast or famine. I'm not, going, I'm not making an argument we go full small ball, but when was the last time, and I, this is an honest question, what was the last time you saw a productive out from this offense? Just a sacrifice. I know they can't bunt, but just give me a damn ground ball. Well, I mean, when's the last time you saw that in baseball? I, I, look, I mean, I, I mean I'm, I'm, I'm not trying there, to be so difficult, I, but I, I, I mean, like, that's not part of the modern game of baseball. I, I'm not I'm not disagreeing that we haven't seen it from the Mariners. I think the, the rather than talking about productive outs, which, again, I don't know if that works. Let's examine the ballpark because you're right. It's, it is a it's a it's a factor. It's not just that it's not a great home run park. In fact, home runs aren't the only problem with this park. In fact, I think they actually, it's not a terrible park for home runs. The problem seems to be, at least from what I've been able to gather talking to people, is that it, because the outfielder, because balls hang up 
outfielders don't have to play as deep. They come in, and then some of the slap hitter type guys that everyone thinks are going to fix the problems here, they end up having even bigger problems. Look at Frazier last year. Look at Wong this year. Because they're they're playing against outfielders that are a lot closer in than they're used to because they're not afraid of the ball going over their head because the balls that are tend to hang up and get caught at the warning track. So, look, that is me repeating and parroting things that I've heard. I've not played in the park well enough to be able to tell you that that's the case. But I don't think it's as simple as home runs don't work here. In fact, I think home runs kind of do. Yeah. Okay. Well, if I if I could make one more point, yeah, real quick. Uh, based on that last caller there, yeah, uh, you have to give up to get. And I I understand you're arguing about about standing pat and it not being fun or anything like that, but we're, it's the same roster that we had last year and we got worse. So you got to give up to get. I know pitching is our strength, but if you got to move a guy, if you got to move prospects, you got to get better. We've waited too damn long for this team to be this bad. Appreciate the call, man. You're right about that last part. That's for sure. We've waited too long for this team to be this bad, but. You're not going to fix the problem and get better quicker by making panic moves or doing something that doesn't help you get better. Yes, it hurts that this year might not have worked out the way we want. At some point, you're going to have to call the code on it. At some point, you're going to have to give up and stop resuscitating. It's not yet, but it might be in 10 days. It might be if you lose, what do they have, four four games left in the homestand, three out of four? Yeah, at that point, you might very well be saying, hey, It's just too far to come back from too late in the season. Let's do the best we can to play for next year. That's not fun. I don't like it. I don't want to do that. But you got to do the prudent thing at times. That is going to hurt, man. That will really, really hurt. That will really hurt if that's the position they get to. Good calls. Thanks for jumping in, everybody. Sorry we couldn't get to all the phone calls, but appreciate you guys uh, being a part of the show. We'll have some more time for phone calls tomorrow at 930, as we do every Friday. Right now, though, it's time for Ranked. Got a list? Time to put it in order. Fred Dwarmfor's house. Top five. Top five meals that I have ever had. This is Ranked. To be honest, that list was really biased. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen. Every morning at 945 on Brock and Saw. Yeah, top ten list. I'm not buying that. Ranked. Well, Maura, thank you for participating so thoroughly in Ranked today. It's fun when you get yourself involved in this. You're good at it. Better than you give yourself credit for. Today is what? I'm good at making lists. Yes. Well, yes. Today is what? National. Uh, it says it's National Jump Day. Don't jump really know day. what that entails. Yeah, I think you it involves they, ranking check jumps. Out the national days. It involves ranking jumps. Uh, That's why they see. put it on here. This day aims to shift the orbit of the Earth to extend daylight hours. I'm into that. And to create a more standardized climate throughout the world. Yes. It's a hundred and <laughs> what did they say? 126 degrees in China this week. That's yeah. pretty hot. It's 119 in Phoenix. I've never experienced more than 115. 119, 120. That's like the kid last night throwing 105 miles an hour. Yeah, it's just Dear Lord, that's hot. All right, well, with that in mind, jumps ranked. Jumps ranked. Uh, some obvious ones that are uh, honorable mentions, like uh, Third Eye Blind, Jumper. I knew you had that one on your list, Maura. You also probably no. had Sugar Hill Gang. I do love this song. Everybody does. Jump on it. Jump on it. Jump on it. 
When you hear like some of the mumble rap today, don't you think it's weird that it all started with Sugar Hill Gang? Like that's where we started and that's where we're at now. I guess you could kind of do the same if you listen to like Slipknot and you're like, this started with Bill Haley and his <laughs> comments. How did we get to Slipknot? Creativity. Are you a WKRP fan? Any of you guys? You guys are probably too young to have watched WKRP. It. I know. I liked it when I was little. used to watch the uh, reruns. The guy who played Mr. Carlson, his name was Gordon Jump. We're doing the best we can. <laughs> and if that's not good enough for you, then you get somebody else to run your blinking station. Oh, you don't think I can get another job? Well, you just watch me, mummy. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Carlson. That's a good show, man. Les Nessman, Johnny Fever, Herb. <laughs> Venus Flytrap. Venus. Is that what uh, made you want to be in radio? I was one of the things, yeah. It's not my favorite sitcom about a radio station. News Radio probably wins that. But WKRP, WKRP is brilliant. Uh, let's see, sticking with the 80s, you got the uh, you got the Pointer Sisters. Just outside the top five. This one was a tough, a tough luck loser not to make it in. You like the Pointer Sisters? It's a fun song. I was rolling it in, and I was like, wow, this video is something. I bet it is. Um, I'm mad at myself because I just realized that I did not put uh, Drake Jumpman in here. Oh, well, I was thinking about the Jumpman logo. I don't know the Drake yeah. song, though. Is it good? Brady's mad at me for not putting Drake Jumpman in here, too. Yeah, it's like it's on my running mix. Is it as good as this? You see, it would be this mat that you would put on the floor and would have different conclusions written on it. That you could jump to. It's a jump to conclusions, Matt. It's still crazy to me that Stacy's never seen that movie. What? She's never seen Office Space? No. Man, I don't think I could live with myself if I'd never seen Office Space. <laughs> Brady, have you seen Office Space? I have not, no. Uh, Good Lord. What are he's we a young doing? one, too. What are we doing? <laughs> uh, Maura, I'm glad you thought of this one because I did not, but it's a fantastic, fantastic thought. <laughs> jump up to get beat down. Brand Nubian. That's awesome. It was already in there, so okay, I don't know good. if you guys ranked punks before. Or I don't think what? so. <laughs> I'm worried we already ranked jumps, but whatever. <laughs> Who knows? You got 21 Jump Street. It starts with, you have the right to remain silent. I know you've heard this before. Oh, that's Channing Tatum doing it. That's uh, that's the movie version, not the Johnny Depp show. I don't show. remember the Johnny Depp No? Version. All right. I know of it. There was Jumping the Broom... Jump rope, jump shot, mention jump man, jump ball, jump scare. I mean, like, there's a lot of other jumps along those lines. There's a red jumpsuit apparatus. Brady wanted to make sure that we got that in here. <laughs> red, who is that again? They're like a, are they like a Justin power punk band? Yeah, someone already said make Justin proud and play red jumpsuit apparatus. I think I <laughs> Our have Our listeners some. know him well. Hold on, it's not, it seems to be, hold on. <laughs> Justin doesn't seem like an emo guy, but he likes some of that music. That's definitely very much up his alley. Of course, Whoopi Goldberg was in Jumpin' Jack Flash. More on that to come, I promise. There you go. You ready for a uh, top five jumps ranked? Top five. Number five. Metallica from Kill 'Em All, Jump in the Fire. You know what? The more I think about it, the more I got to find a way to get to those two Metallica shows next summer. Two nights, no repeats. <laughs> oh, yeah, the ones they've been advertising two, like years, two years ahead of time. Yeah, it's fine. 
Metallica down your throat. In like 2034. <laughs> like, okay, um, I'll try to set a day aside. All right, Metallica is uh, number five with Jump in the Fire. Number four. If I'm thirsty, I don't want you to bring me a glass of water. I want you to sympathize. I want you to say, Gloria, I too know what it feels like to be thirsty. <laughs> Funny Rosie Perez in White Men Can't one of the most, Jump. Yeah. Does she have one of the most recognizable voices? Yeah. I mean, that accent is sort of unlike anybody else. Wasn't she in that show last year with um, Kaylee Cuoco? Yeah, The Flight Attendant. Yeah. That was a good show. She's all right in that. Yeah, one season of that was enough for me. They didn't need to do they didn't need to do season two. I thought they kind of had done everything they needed to do and they didn't need to do another season. Oh, you know what I missed? I forgot to put this in honorable mention. Sorry about that. Let me get it out here. It's we gonna we gonna we gonna whack! It's not quite a top five. Sorry. I don't know, maybe it should have been in the top five. You put that in the top five, or would you put uh, Metallica? Oh, I think they go up. One of them died. Chris Chris Mac Daddy died at 34. He did. Sad. Sad. That is sad. Um, but yeah, remember the, the clothes backwards and all that stuff? Yeah, they were wearing the, uh, the hyper and colors and backwards. stuff. Yeah. yeah. All right, that's n- uh, not quite in the top five. Sorry about that. I was out of order. Number three. Serve uh, you like John McEnroe, in fact. Uh, when I, the restaurant that I worked at in Colorado was also kind of like a bar slash nightclub at night. Yes. Um, and I used to have to like close Saturdays and come back and manage Sunday mornings. And there was one morning, we, we were supposed to be playing like Sinatra during Sunday brunch. It was a very, you know, mellow crowd. There's one morning where I realized that the servers were standing there doing their side work and they were like dancing a little bit. And all of a sudden I was like, what the? House of Pain was on, and I was like, "Why are you guys just dancing and not wow. saying anything to me? We can't be playing this during Sunday brunch." <laughs> well, I got you to go, and uh, both of them deserve to be number one, but this one's number two. I thought about this being number one, but I just feel like synthesizer and stuff and it's just so poppy and it I feel like partially led to David Lee Roth breaking up with Van Halen and so <laughs> I couldn't have it number one. Oh, there was some hair in that video. Oh my gosh, for sure. Wow. I mean it's a great song and it's it's the second best jump, but I'm sorry. This one's an all-time classic. But it's all- Stones are number one on this list today. They, they they beat out Van Halen just barely. They eke out a victory for number one. All right, we got to go. I'm sure they're very proud. Yeah, this is going to be the crowning achievement <laughs> in Mick and Keith's career. They, they're so excited to be number one in rank. All right, we got to go. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, we'll have G. Scott and some other fun. Maybe we'll get Stacy on the show and force her to watch Office Space. We'll do some open phone lines. We'll have a good time. We'll catch you guys at 6 a.m. Stick around for Bump and Stacy leading into Mariner Baseball. Until then, the hay is in the barn. See you, everybody. Get to the chopper!